Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. I think what's happening in Washington is all of our businesses. It certainly impacts our business, our lives, even our peace of mind. Uh, once again, we've seen incredible insanity that um, people historically who have watched the news this is got to be shocked by what's transpired with the ousting of Speaker McCarthy. And, and I am no McCarthy fan uh, <laughs> at all. But uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, this choice, driven by not only uh, a group of eight Republicans, um, but even by the Democrats, is frankly suicidal for both the GOP and the Democrats, in my opinion. Um, the Democrats, if they had any sense, would have voted present on that uh, on that uh, issue uh, rather than weighing in in, in of eight crazy people who do who do not believe in the importance of governing. They put propaganda over governing every single day. So uh, there's no better person for me to talk about things like this. It's my guest, former Congresswoman Barbara. I always love having you on the program, and uh, I always love talking to you because of your unique, I call it Comcast, rather than Comstock, excuse me. <laughs> some, days, some days Mondays linger. That's not a commercial for, for Comcast, by the way. Uh, Barbara Comstock, and, and it's amazing how long you've been a regular on the show and I would make such a, a mistake. So anyway, I think it shows how livid I am. Um, you've got great experience in Congress. You've seen some strange things while serving in there. But let's face it, what you've seen since you've left has been extraordinary. Yeah, no, and I, th I think the, the issue is, you know, sort of all roads lead back to Trump and sort of the pathologies that he has created in Congress. And certainly, I think, uh, for Kevin McCarthy, that really was a big part of the problem. And I, I do think, you know, this was a Republican civil war. I don't think it's fair to blame the Democrats because I, I do think, um, you know, there was no reason for them to get in the middle of a Republican civil war. So I do agree that the eight who were involved were just, you know, they are pretty much eight of the most worthless members of Congress. You see them on TV all the time, and I wish people would just stop putting them on TV because these are people, certainly with people like Matt Gates. Tim Burchett, um, Bob Good of Virginia, who is absolutely worthless. I can tell you um, he is just loathed by most people in Virginia because we're having elections this year and on the state level, and he is the face of the party right now, which is not helpful for anybody because he gets nothing done, doesn't pass bills, and he's just, you know, a joke. Um, but, um, you know, and Nancy Mace, who goes on and complains about her bills aren't getting on the floor. Well, I looked some of them up this morning. It's like, well, honey, you, you don't have any co-sponsors. That usually is why you don't get bills on the floor um, yeah. on most of your bills. And, um, you know, she's expecting Kevin to do all the work. Well, maybe if you stayed off TV a little while and worked on your bills, which is what I did when I had women's bills, I got co-sponsors and got them on, um, you know, out on the floor. And I noticed like one of her bills that she talked about um Contra, you know, over-the-counter contraceptives. You know, I introduced that bill a long time ago. Actually, you can get over-the-counter contraceptives online now, so you don't need that bill as much as you used to. But I had that bill with a bunch of co-sponsors. She has zero co-sponsors. And, um, you know, uh, we had a Senate companion. I'm not sure she has one of those. 
So you can't blame Kevin McCarthy mm-hmm. for you not having co-sponsors on your bill. That's something you're responsible for. So she's a, you know, people like yeah. Matt Gates and those people, they want to blame everyone else for their bills not getting passed, but you're responsible for going out and getting your bills co-sponsored and getting them socialized, et cetera. So, yes, you're right. These people are yes. um, performance clowns and just want to get clicks and raise money and be on TV all the time. But this problem was a lot bigger than that. And and so now who's going to be next? I mean, the problem is we have a very small yeah. majority. And, you know, I think the people who have been mentioned are the people who are kind of are next in line. Steve Scalise is already out there, I've heard, and and um, trying to, you know, even he does have cancer, but um, he's, I don't think it'll be Jordan because he's not popular enough throughout the conference. I'm I'm just talking about who's out there. I mean, Jordan had been so strongly in McCarthy's corner and it didn't take him long to say, well, maybe I should be speaker. He's so unpopular. I get that. 218 votes. And when you have such a narrow majority. Who can? Um, Who who in the caucus can? Well, you have people like Steve Scalise is very popular and his cancer is being is very treatable and it's going well. He's actively already seeking out votes and um, he's a very prolific fundraiser. He's very generous and he's managed with all these this infighting to stay very popular. Um, Patrick McHenry, who is now the speaker pro tem, again, somebody who's very popular. He's chairman of the Financial Services Committee. He is very sane Republican, um, very popular, again, among uh, sort of across the um, conference because, again, he's been very good. I I know when I was a freshman, both Steve and Patrick, who were in leadership then, were very good on bringing members in, making sure you were acclimated, helping you, helping you get your bills passed for members who actually were serious about doing that. Not those eight guys. Um, So these are two members who are serious legislators and collegial. Um, Same with Tom Emmer, who apparently is also looking at this. He headed up the NRCC, who actually gets members elected. So he um, he was, in my class, headed up the NRCC. So that helps you also, you know, be, you know, familiar with all the members, have handed out a lot of those checks. So I think those three are probably the most likely because they have the broadest um, sort of access across the conference, and they're probably, uh, you know, out there already um, actively working. Um, The people I don't think it will be because they won't have that kind of broad support are, um, you know, Jim Jordan, he just has a click, you know, within sort of the Freedom Caucus and, um, you know, that's not going to be big enough. Um, Elise Stefanik, same thing. She's kind of burned her bridges with a lot of people between taking out Liz Cheney and kind of not trusted among some of the others. Um, And, you know, there's still a lot of these Freedom Caucus guys who are a bit misogynistic. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, some of good. these other more right-wing, you know, really hardcore names, certainly the people who took people out, they're not going to be among those. So I, I do think it's going to be a challenge because these eight but, – but I think what any of those three who are the most likely um, – they should do what Paul Ryan did after we had this big, you know, after Boehner left 
And then after back when Boehner left, initially Kevin McCarthy back then was the, going to be the speaker. And then these guys made all these demands of him. And then that blew up and he stepped aside. Then everyone wanted Paul Ryan. And Paul Ryan was like, hey, I don't know. You know, and they kind of had to beg him to be speaker. And that actually worked out well because he didn't go on bended knee to everybody. And he kind of said he wasn't going to make a bunch of promises to everybody. He's like, here, you know, I'm going to do what we can do. And I think whoever it is shouldn't be making the kind of promises, unrealistic promises that Kevin made. And he shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. these demands that you can't be taken hostage by any group. You have to say this, you know, we've got this small majority. I'm going to be working with all of you, but I'm not going to be taken hostage. We can't do it this way. I'm trying to get you all reelected so we come back with a majority. We're up for election next year. I'm not going to shut down the government. I'm, you know, we have divided government. This is what we have to do. And, um, you know, I think the majority of these the Republican caucus, including even a majority of the Freedom Caucus, because Jim Jordan was with Kevin and probably will be with Scalise or Patrick McHenry or Tom Emmer or one of those guys. I think those guys want to continue being chairman and being in the mm-hmm. majority. And I think they will go along with one of these guys because now that they've been in control of things, they want to stay in the majority. So I think they're yeah. disgusted with this as as anybody and it's been a black eye but i i do think what happened yesterday is sort of the beginning of the end of maga it could very well lead to the house losing its majority if they don't yeah i mean if, if i mean if they can't get their act together and if they can't pick a speaker who's from that sensible group and if they drag this out if they have a government shutdown in november if they continue this childish action, I mean, you're already seeing the ridiculous antics of Trump up in New York. So yesterday was the worst picture of MAGA you could have in the legislative branch and in the judicial branch where Trump was making nasty threats against the judge's clerk and making nasty allegations about her that were false. So we had to got a gag order against them. So I got literally, I got bad. literally no more. Forgive me, I'm sorry. I literally have no more than five minutes left. <laughs> so literally, uh, they'll pull the they'll pull the couple. So a uh, couple of things. First of all, on the Democrats, I think you are right. There's a part of me that thought the Democrats are serious about governing, but it has been reduced to a full-fledged uh, bizarre uh, game. It was an opportunity for the Democrats to possibly get some things done. This this Congress is now in my opinion, going to be crippled uh, for the rest of this uh, this term. I don't care who they get elected, in my in my opinion. Second of all, you, you know that, I mean, McCarthy was literally trying to save those Republicans that were elected in that last cycle that had not been elected in districts that were pro-Biden particular districts. He was literally trying to save them in order to save the Republican majority. But this group of eight are so insane and so self-centered and so beyond the realm of reason that uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't help themselves. Um, 
I would like you to comment, and again, now I've got my three minutes left. I would like you to comment on New Gingrich's comments about the situation, about what to do with those eight. Well, I, I, I'm part of, agree with, I think if Kevin McCarthy had been a lot tougher on them, I think somebody should, prime, Bob Good should be primaried in Virginia. Look, this is what, um, you know, Governor Kemp down in Georgia, he's, you know, he's taken an ax to some of these guys who've caused him trouble and it's worked. Um, Tom Tillerson in North Carolina got rid of Madison Cawthorn. He primaried him and got rid of him. That's what you do with some of these guys. Last night, Senator Tom Cotton, he went after Matt Rosendale. He called him Maryland Matt Rosendale. Hope you're not going to run, you know, we don't want you in the Senate. Um, last time you ran, you lost to John Tester, and we don't want you. So, you know, I think these guys are going to, you know, they're going to get uh, taken out. See, a lot of them were running for other offices, so this was all performance. I think um, right. you're seeing that's what you're going to see. So there's going to be payback there because these guys were all all had other agendas, and and people see that for what it is. And Matt Gates is trying to run for Florida governor, something he will never be. That I can assure you, because he's going to have people like Newt Gingrich and others. And Nancy Mace, Newt Gingrich just did a fundraiser for her. I can assure you, he'll be down there reminding people uh don't vote for nancy mace i bet you know he is not happy about that <laughs> yeah they generated a huge number of enemies and all this is very myopic the damage to me just blows my mind and frankly one of the speeches in the mccarthy i can't remember which member it was you know i kind of nailed it you know basically saying this is the closest thing to the kind of speech he mccarthy is the closest thing to the kind of speaker that strong conservatives have always wanted. So they did not like Maynard. They did not, you know, like Ryan. And you're not more like what they want than someone like McCarthy. You've got to go back to Gingrich to find someone who's of that similar breed. I mean, it was so myopic. Yeah, well, I don't even think you have to, I don't even think you have to like Kevin McCarthy to find what those eight did. Reprehensive. So it's like you don't, you know, yeah, pick, a, pick a side. Yeah. You know, you can be happy that Kevin McCarthy's gone and still want to take care of those eight because those eight are not constructive to the institution. So I do think yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons why um, the Democrats didn't trust Kevin. I mean, this, I think Kevin had hurt the institution in a lot of ways. I think what he did to Liz Cheney, going out and having a party when she had her primary and celebrating her loss, I don't think that was good for the institution. Always, you know, I mean, he started this impeachment because Trump told him to. You know, those things were not good for the institution, and that's why the Democrats said, hey, we're not saving his bacon at this point. So, you know, listen, he did reap what he sowed in terms of the Democrats not helping him. So you can't can't blame the Democrats uh, for I'll literally be cut off in the middle of a sentence here in a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> Barbara, always love having you on the program. Barbara Comstock, she's a favorite, a personal favorite. When we get going, we really get going. Uh, we always have more topic than we do time. Um, but I'm really glad we got you in. And then upcoming, you know, episode, uh, we'll know more about who ends up 
uh, doing what, but there's been a lot of interesting speculation. I wish we had more time to cover it. But really appreciate your insight and really appreciate you defining uh, who to look out for uh, because a couple of those are reasonable. Uh, and, and, um, and the most reasonable ones, um, I think, probably don't have a prayer because of the way the caucus is right now. But you know what? They may have a complete reaction that uh, we need to go in a direction. Who knows? The slim, slim majority makes it so hard. Robert, thanks so much for being with us. I remind the listener we will have links to her, and, and of course, you can look at four, uh, uh, you know, previous content. Um, she brings so much to every segment. Thanks so much. Take care. You bet. I am Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business.